In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, first, before I talk about that hymn, I really like this picture on the sermon insert. So, I mean, just notice how simple of a, just kind of a summary of this whole parable. You've got the four locations, the birds eating the seed, then the, then the seed growing in rocks, seed among the thorns, and then growing a hundredfold. It's a nice, I mean, the parable's a little long, you might get lost, so that's a very helpful kind of map. Now, this hymn. Most of you, that's probably the first time you sung that hymn, I bet. Um, I actually didn't have it on the schedule, and then I, because I always think, oh, we don't know it, we don't know that hymn, but then I begged Tim Fredstrom if he would um, change it and play that one, and because I, I wanted you to hear it. And if it's your first time singing it, you probably thought, that sounds weird at the end, because that, that's kind of the point. At the end of verse 4, and end of verse 5, this phrase, what of that, what of that, it's, it sounds odd when we first sing it. But that, that's a blessing. It should sound odd, because then it'll get our, get our uh, minds really thinking about it, okay? So let me, let me explain what's going on there. In verse 4, Martin Franzman, the author of this hymn, is talking about all this, the first three seeds that don't grow to their, to their full maturity. So the seeds with um, getting snatched by the birds, some getting scorched by the, the heat, right? They don't have enough root, and some being choked and matted flat, okay? But look, look at the end of the verse. The sower sows. He sows the seed, and he sees the seed is getting snatched and scorched and matted flat, and his heart cries out, Oh, what of that, Lord? What of that? Right? What is going on here? Okay, why is this happening? Okay, now, that's pretty personal. That's pretty personal. Let me tell you, pastors' hearts cry out a lot, these exact words. When God's Word is preached and it doesn't grow. When people aren't coming to church... Satan is snatching the word away from them. When people leave the church after confirmation and the pastor's heart cries out, what of that, Lord? What happened? What of that? When people are engrossed in the world's stuff, in money and pleasures and sports and activities, and, and the most important things are getting choked out, and the pastor's heart cries out, Lord, what of that? What of that? When people only have this shallow faith, it's growing in the rocks, there's no root, no moisture getting to it, and then they start to believe all these lies of Satan, lies from the culture, they don't know what God's Word really says, and our heart cries out, Lord, what of that? But then verse 5, what happens? One-fourth waves ripe on hill and flat, bears a harvest hundredfold. And now the sower is rejoicing and saying, whoa, Lord! Notice that at the end of verse 4, it's a question mark. At the end of verse 5, it's an exclamation point. Lord, what of that? When did you do that? Look at the word growing. Now this reading is so important just for this reason. You and I... We as Christians who are wanting people to have the Word of God, we're always going to be standing between these two verses. On the one hand, we're going to see you're going to be believing and teaching and confessing the Word of God, and your heart is going to cry out when you see so many people rejecting it. And you're going to say, Lord, what of that? 
Why aren't they believing it? But then many others will believe, and they will produce fruit a hundredfold, and your heart will cry out, Lord, what of that? So after we look, I'm going to spend a few moments looking at this parable a little closer, and then I'm going to come back to this thought. And I, I, my, I'm being very clear with you of my purpose. I am going to try with all my might to encourage you as you stand in the middle of these two verses and you're crying, why, Lord, why, what of that? Why don't these believe? I want you to not worry about that, but to keep speaking God's word everywhere and in every time and rejoice when you see that hundredfold harvest and say, wow, Lord, what of that? We have to keep speaking and planting that word. Now let's go through the text. Okay, at the beginning, we get a note that there's large crowds coming. I'll read it to you again. A great crowd was gathering, people from town after town coming to Jesus. Okay? That's why he tells this parable. Because he sees all these big crowds of people coming, and he, he knows his disciples are going to get the wrong idea, just like you and I get the wrong idea. Oh, yes, perfect, here comes everybody. Everybody's going to believe in Jesus. We're going to have this massive army. We are going to take over the world. And Jesus says, no, let me tell you a parable. Okay? People like us, we get too excited about big crowds. I mean, it, I come across this all the time. How many were there? How many were there? How many were there? How many come to your church, right? We're, we're really obsessed with this. We, we want things to be big. And that's why people were so obsessed with a guy like Billy, Billy Graham who, don't hear me wrong, I'm not saying everything Billy Graham did wasn't, wasn't helpful, but, but they got so excited about massive stadiums full of people, but, but now, now what, though, right? Uh, it's got to be more than just a big crowd. Notice that Jesus compares it to a farmer, and what do farmers know? It takes time, patience, persistence. We're farmers, we're not magicians, we don't summon a massive crowd and boom, everything's taken care of, okay? Don't think about just numbers. Think about the quality, okay? I'll give you an illustration. Let's say you tell a farmer, hey, you got to see this. There's a thousand acres for sale over here. It's an incredible price. You've got to buy this a thousand acres. And what's the farmer going to ask? How many of those acres are tillable? Well, ten. Okay? Numbers are not everything. Okay? Great crowds doesn't always mean great faith. So I beg of you, try not to just look at big numbers. Yes, the mega churches of today are very attractive. We walk into those buildings and we are awed, like we're at a big Billy Graham rally. Right? But remember the old adage, quality over quantity. Sowing the word is a long-term project. So I... This may sound dumb to you, but I was going to remind you, by the way, that you're Lutherans. You are Lutherans. And Martin Luther was the champion of the word. Okay? He said he didn't care if all the numbers were against him, which they were. He would stick with the word of God because in the end, the word of God would win. Okay? We're Lutherans. We're not going to forget that what's most important is the word of God. You know, there are all kinds of gimmicks to get people into the pews. But we're not going to be fooled by that. We're not going to be fooled by big numbers or big crowds. This is why he tells the parable. Okay? Because most of those big crowd coming to him would not end up following after him. 
Okay, why, Jesus? Why do so many hear your word and yet it doesn't take root? Okay, what of that? What of that? Well, he tells us why with three pictures. Three pictures. Some get sown along the path, the birds devour it. Some gets into the rocks, they can't, it can't grow. Some gets into the thorns, okay? So I wanted to remind you of this phrase Jesus uses. A, new, a number of times he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. What does he mean by that? Well, we all got ears, but the problem is some of our ears aren't working. He wants those who have ears that are working, that are going to hear his word and take it into heart. Okay, because what happens? We know, we know this saying, in one ear, out the other. That's the, the seed that gets sown on the path. It, it never gets in. It never gets into the heart. And that's you and I, often, truly. I mean, there's many times we might sit down to read our Bible and it's, we're not having ears to hear, but, but we pray that some of it would get in. Some of it would trickle down into the heart and grow. Secondly, he says, some seed, it barely gets up out of the ground, and here come the testing and temptations of life, and it withers it. Now, um, this is e easy to see. It's, and it's easy to see in ourselves. Sometimes we get so excited about the Word of God, but then, but then some little testing comes. Something doesn't go our way. We get frustrated, and we say, oh, it's not working. Okay? That, that, that Word of God, it has to get its roots down. It's got to get down in there. Okay? It's got to be able to get moisture. Someone come to church, you know, come to church like two weeks in a row. They're all excited, getting back to church, but then, you know, something doesn't go their way, and boom, oh, well, I guess I'm not going back. The word's not working. No, it takes time, okay? The root's got to get in. You know, the, the word would be, this, this would be like a shallow faith. It doesn't have this root, this, this root, okay? It's not going to be able to stand against testing and temptation. The third kind is the stuff choked out by the thorns. And we see this so often. It breaks our hearts. A Christian's baptized, confirmed in the faith, but then the things of life, the thorns, the cares, the pleasures, they, they choke it out. They stop coming to divine service. They stop praying, stop caring about God because the money and the, the pleasures, it's all just distractions, choking out the most important. So I, I tried to do that really fast because I didn't want to get bogged down in that, but I just want you to make a special note of this. Every time that you say, when you're standing in the middle of those two hymn verses, and you say, oh Lord, what of that? Every time you do that, then remember that there are a lot of enemies of God's word. Okay? Farmers know when they plant the seed, there's a lot working against. It takes time. It takes persistence. There's insects. There's diseases. There's weeds. But some grows some grows. Now this is where it gets exciting. Have you thought about how incredible it is that you can put one seed in the ground, one, one little kernel in the ground, and you can get a whole ear full? I mean, it's really amazing. One seed can produce hundreds of seeds, okay? That's exciting. That's really exciting. My heart as a pastor has cried out with joy over so many people, the seed gets planted in their hearts and they just grow and grow and produce and produce. And you say, wow, Lord, look at that. Now, my heart has cried many times over people whose faith has been withered or choked out. 
But what a greater joy it is to rejoice over all those good and honest hearts who are bearing fruit with patience, as Jesus says. Okay? So um, I, wanted to, I wanted you to picture this. You've got to picture this. So this right here, this on a Sunday morning, when we come together, so well, well let me say it this way. Maybe, maybe the other six days of the week, you might be saying, oh, Lord, where is your word in the world? What is going on? Nobody cares about your word anymore. And then you come to church on Sunday morning, and look at, all, look at us. And we're all seeing each other confessing the faith together, and we get to hear one another's stories from the week. That's why I love Bible studies, because we get more time to talk about people. What went on this week? How were you tested? How did you persevere? How did you suffer and find grace? What were you worried about and you prayed about it? We get to hear our stories from the week, how God worked through us to love our neighbors. Then we come in here, we hear each other singing, we pray for one another, we receive forgiveness kneeling side by side at the altar. And, and you know what that's like? Now this main picture may not be as cool to you as it is to me, but, but it's still pretty cool. This picture is like, when it comes to like June, and you have to look for it around here because there's not as much of it, you've got to look for a wheat field ready for harvest. And there is, that is one of the most beautiful things because you look at it, it's just like pure gold, just waving. It's so awesome. And I got to see some of that out in Idaho. They'd have these big, big wheat fields. And man, it was just so beautiful. And that, that is this. That's the harvest. That's when all the believers are together singing and praying together, encouraging one another. It is a beautiful thing. So we got to do this. we got to encourage one another from this parable, from this Word of Jesus. Okay? We love Jesus. We love His Word. We love His church. We know how great His forgiveness is. We know how great His grace is. We know what the Word has done in our own hearts. We know the seed is good. So we got to plant it. We gotta plant it. We gotta speak it everywhere. Okay, yes, we know some is gonna be snatched, some is gonna be scorched, some is gonna be choked and matted flat and tested and devoured and withered. And we know sometimes our hearts are gonna cry out, Lord, what of that? But it's not gonna stop us. Because we know some of that seed is gonna hit good soil, ears that are gonna hear, good and honest hearts that are gonna produce fruit. So, another picture for you. Many of you are going to watch a Super Bowl tonight, right? Notice how those guys, I mean, that's one thing about sports. Those, I mean, on a good, good team anyway. Man, do they encourage one another, right? I mean, somebody makes a play. You, you watch tonight. Look at how those guys encourage one another. Look before the game, how they're pumping each other up, some of them praying for, praying for each other. You know, I just, it's all over the place. <laughs> Hey, somebody makes a touchdown, and here the rest of the team comes to do some crazy, ridiculous celebration with them in the, in the end zone, right? I was at my cousin's uh, basketball game yesterday, college girls basketball, and that team is good at encouraging one another. I mean, anybody does anything, and they're all just all over it, cheering, encouraging, okay? Now, Let's do that in the church. Not in the same way, of course, okay? But let's pat each other on the back, okay? Encourage one another. Lift each other up and say, keep planting that seed. Keep working, okay? Plant it everywhere. 
and you see that person, you see that person, you say, oh, they'll never hear. That's just throwing the seed away. It's throwing it on the path. The birds are going to get it. No, you plant it anyway. Plant it anyway, okay? And if you see that people and you say, oh, it's never going to grow in those rocks. They got way too many troubles in their life. No, you plant it anyway. You hear the rest of the church yelling at you, plant it, plant it. And then you see those people that are engrossed in the world and you think, oh, they're never going to hear this. It's just going to get choked out and all the stuff they got going on. No, you plant it anyway. Now, one thing for an introvert like me that's really cool about 2023 is we have so many ways to plant the seed. It's not like you have to go and confront somebody on the street and say, hey, have you heard about Jesus? I mean, we have countless technological blessings. Send somebody a text. Send them an email. Okay? Drop them a letter in the mail. Get on one of the messenger apps, social media. Talk to them face-to-face. I mean, there's so many ways. Use them, Christians. Use them. Plant that seed at school. Teachers, don't, don't even hesitate for a second to talk about Jesus. Who's going to stop you? Nobody's going to stop you. Talk about Jesus. Students, talk to your classmates about Jesus. Tell them what you learned in Sunday school. Okay, at work, people, bring it up. Bring it up in your meetings. Well, Jesus said, the Bible says, the Word of God says, everyone you see on Monday, tell them how great church was yesterday and tell them they ought to come with you next Sunday. Tell people you're praying for them. Give out Bibles. Whatever. Just do it. And yes, sometimes you're going to cry. You're going to cry out and say, Lord, what of that? But other times you'll weep for joy when you see the harvest hundredfold. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.